0: Babel, the promise to Abraham, the sons Ishmael and Isaac, the birth of covenants. Every one of these events is an announcement, a declaration of who God is and how He treats His people. As the word of God has stood the test of time, these records are still a revelation. Good
1: morning. morning. How are you doing today? (laughs) Well, that makes you some of you having a great day. What about those around the world who don't know the Lord? Aren't you glad you know the Lord? So we're gonna be looking at Genesis 12 today. For those of you who don't have Bibles, our ushers have Bibles that they're gonna pass out uh, right now, if you don't have one, this is yours as a gift from LEFC to you. We want God's word in everyone's hands here in Lancaster County and around the world. Um, You can turn to Genesis 12, we'll get there in a little bit. But first, a little bit about me. Um, I'm Ed Sherman, Um, I'm an elder here. I teach missions at LBC, Lancaster Bible College and my wife Carol and I and our daughters spent 23 years on the mission field um, in Southeast Asia. I was looking at those countries on the screen there in that circle that we represented. I think I counted 20 different countries listed in there and I've been to 18 of them. And uh, what a blessing to be involved in that part of the world and to share a little bit about God's heart for the world as we look at Genesis chapter 12 today. We are looking through the book of Genesis, looking at beginnings, and uh, we went through chapters one through 11, and today we're gonna be starting the, the second major portion of, of Genesis, beginning in Genesis chapter 12. So as I said, uh, we served in Southeast Asia for a while. I think it was my sophomore year in college. I was involved with a ministry, Campus Crusade for Christ International, now called Crew, and we went to a conference I mean, I was just a new believer. I, I came to Christ when I was a senior in high school. And so I was discipled well. And um, I was very thankful for all that. But I remember going to this conference. As I look back now, I recognize it was a pre, sort of a perspectives class before perspectives was even a thing. And so up on the screen were all these statistics. Now, if you know anything about me, I love numbers. It's a blessing and sometimes a curse. I am that person who memorizes license plate numbers as I'm driving down the road. (laughs) Because you never know when you might need that information. (laughs) I love numbers. And for me, I saw those numbers up there and I thought, so many people in Southeast Asia who don't know the Lord, so few people going, I guess I should go to China. And that was the beginning of God's call on my heart to go and serve in China. It started at the head. Later on, my heart, as often happens, tries to catch up with my head. But for me, it was all about numbers. And so what I wanna talk about today is, what does God, how does God call you to bring glory to him? And are you listening? So we're going to go into the chapter 12 here, but remember, verses, chapters 1 through 11, some would call this the prologue. We look at the imago Dei, the image of God. When we get to chapter 12, we get to missio Dei, the mission of God. We saw from chapter 3 that God has a desire that the, the good news will be going out from the seed of the woman, but here we see from the seed of Abraham a strategy for how God wants to reach every people group. Last week Tony talked about you know, the difference between an accent, a dialect, and a language. And we, when we talk about peoples, we're talking about ethno-linguistic people groups. A group which is can, there are bridges of understanding and acceptance that need to be bridged. They don't understand because they have a different language. They don't accept because we don't portray Christ as well as we should. And so we want to figure out how do we bridge those gaps of understanding and acceptance across different lines of peoples. We want to see God's shalom restored to us individually and across different people groups where shalom is not just peace, but relational peace. Those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ have had, we are no longer enemies, but now friends, and that relational peace between us and God has been restored, and we wanna see that done around the world, individually, and as people groups around the world. So when we look at chapter 12 here, we're gonna see three things about God's call to Abram. First of all, it's a personal call, It's a purposeful call, and also it's a challenging call. So let's turn to Genesis chapter 12, and look at verses one through four. The Lord said, the Lord has said to Abram, leave your country, your people, and your father's household, and go to the land I will show you. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abram left, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him, Abram was 75 years old, when he set out from Haran. So here we see the call to Abram as a personal call, and for those of you who might be wondering, wait a minute, I thought it was to Abraham. Abraham, Abraham was the name God gave Abram later on. Also note that at the very beginning it says, the Lord had said to Abram. So clearly this is probably a summary of the call that God gave to Abram early on. And was Here's a nice summary of that call that he gave to Abram. But it is a personal call from God to Abram. Which makes me wonder what is God saying to you and to me? I've often had students in my office say, I don't hear God saying anything to me, I'm just waiting for him to tell me what to do. And my question for him and for us is, how do you hear God speak to you? How do you hear God speak to you? Because there are many ways that God speaks and we are not in the business of limiting God as to how he can speak to me or to you. For many of us, it is through this book, his word. And we know that God never tells us to do anything that would contradict his word. There's a good place for an amen, right? (laughs) But he also uses other believers. You know, one of the things that is a conversation killer is the words, God told me. And what I sometimes am fearful of is when someone says, well, God told me to do this, and there's no one else around that person that God is saying the same thing to. Because I often will tell people, find people who love you and love God and ask them to pray with you about what you're trying to decide. Find people who love you and love God and involve them in your decisions. Because if he's saying something to you, he's probably saying it to those around you as well. He might use circumstances. There are many ways that God speaks to us. I think one of our challenges is not God isn't speaking to me, but I'm not hearing him. Because God is speaking, and he does desire for you to listen. Hebrews 11:6 6 says, and without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him, anyone who comes to him, must two things, believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. If you're not hearing God speak to you, maybe you need to hold up the mirror and ask yourself, am I earnestly seeking him? That word earnestly in Hebrew is zeteo, the idea of I'm not just casually looking around for something, I am earnestly looking for something. There's a desperateness about my seeking. And how earnestly are you seeking God? Because he says right here that he will reward you if you earnestly seek him. God makes his call to Abram very personal by saying four things to Abram. I will bless you, I will make you into a great nation, I will bless you, I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. And yes, even that last one, you will be a blessing. Doesn't it feel good to be a blessing to others? That's a blessing in itself to be able to bless others. But he says these four things to Abram. And he says, to you I will do this, these four things. So that's the personal call. But God's call is also purposeful. It has purpose and the purpose always must be himself, God and his glory. God does not seek to bless us so that we are blessed. We are blessed to be a blessing. We are blessed to be a blessing. Would you say that with me please? I am blessed to be a blessing. Again, I am blessed to be a blessing. So you continue, he says, yes, you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I, whoever curses you, I will curse. All peoples on earth will be blessed through you. How many children did Abram have at this moment? None. And yet, through this man, God will bless all nations, all peoples, in the earth. There are quite a few missionary psalms. One of the best is Psalm 67, which begins like this. All, uh, let all the people praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let all the peoples praise you, O God. As Alex said, shared with the Piper quote earlier, missions exist because worship doesn't. Missions is not about helping people have clothing or education or clean water, or, which are all very good but missions is about gathering worshipers. Worship is about God's glory. Where there is not yet God's glory being proclaimed and lived out, it needs to go there. And yes, I'm going to say, even in your neighborhood, I know that when a message like this comes, oh, there he is again, Dr. Ed, the missions guy, talking about missions. And as I've said before, I don't see missions in the Bible because I'm the missions guy. I'm the missions guy because the Bible, missions is in the Bible. God has always been a missionary God. From the beginning of Genesis, we are looking at beginnings. This is the beginning of his strategy to reach the world, to proclaim his glory to all peoples. Yes, sir. And we just sang the Revelation song. In Revelation, at the throne will be people from all peoples, tongue, tribes, and nations, and tongues. So it is a purposeful call and the idea is that of receiving a blessing to be a blessing. When you receive something and there's an expectation, now it becomes a matter of stewardship and obedience. What am I going to do with this blessing that I have? It's not just for my enjoyment. I get to share it with others, I have to steward it, and my context always is how can I use this to bring glory to God? How can I bring this blessing that he's given to me for his purposes and for his glory? So what keeps us from doing this? Well, we are more prone to want to get than we are to give. Even in our blessing others, sometimes we do so with wrong motives. We are either selfish or fearful when it comes to sharing what we've been given. We Americans, especially, if I may, tend to think more about my rights, my rights, my rights. I'm an American, I got my rights. When we should be thinking of my purpose, my purpose, my purpose. My purpose is to glorify God. Yes, I have rights, but I have a bigger purpose that supersedes and needs to inform how I live out my rights. We tend to be selfish and we seem to get what we can. And so here it is. One of my favorite quotes for today, I've already shared in the bulletin. This came from a pastor when I was young in the Lord and at his church and Pastor Bob said this quote, we tend to get what we can, can what we get and sit on our can. We tend to get what we can, can what we get and sit on our can. It's mine, it's mine, it's mine. Don't even try to take what's mine. Get what I can, can what I get, sit them my can. But how does that relate to the gospel? How does that relate to this call of Abram where he's told I will bless you and you will be a blessing and all the peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Which brings us to this third main point where I'm gonna spend most of my time here, that God's call is also a challenging call. It's a challenge sometimes just to receive it, sometimes it's a challenge to live it out, but oftentimes it's a challenge to sustain, to persevere in this. It's, a, it's one that requires God and his strength to live it out. In short, we must move from what I can do to doing what I can. A lot of times we would, especially when it comes to missions, but I can't, but I can't. But some of us actually get to the point of saying, well, yeah, I think I can, I can, I can, but we need to move from I can to do, to doing what I can. Notice in, uh, in Genesis 4, 12, verses 4, from there it says, So Abram went. What a great statement of obedience. So Abram went, as the Lord had told him. And Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. He took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions they had accumulated, and the people they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for the land of Canaan. And those next words, and they arrived there. He did it. He obeyed the Lord, go to the place that I will show you and he arrived there. (sighs) Well done, Abram, well done. The problem is he didn't stay there and oftentimes we will get, so we will follow the Lord's leading this far and then we get distracted or something moves us in a different direction from where God wants us to stay. And you see in verse 10, now there was a famine in the land, and Abram went down to Egypt to live there for a while because the famine was severe. Now wait a minute, did God tell him to go down there? No, he told him to go there, and he did, but then he continued on because of a famine. And my my question is, what is it that's going to take us away from living out and continuing to live out the call that God has on us? It might be circumstances, it might be fear, it might be pride, it might be, who knows what it might be, but are you able to sustain the call that God gives to you? Because as we see, not only does he go where he wasn't called to go, but now he, later on in the chapter, if you were to read that later uh, this week, you'll see that he tells his wife, look, it's gonna be trouble down there. Just tell them you're my sister. Because of the fear of what might happen. Okay, again, that fear is a powerful motivator away from what God calls us to do. And when you think about fear, what it really does is it draws your attention away from your image of God from this word. If God is God, can you trust him? Yes. And if you stop trusting him, God hasn't changed, your view of God has changed. And we need to constantly go back and remind ourselves of who God is. Who is it this God who called you to do what he's called you to do for his glory? And how am I shrinking back from that view of this holy, powerful, loving God? We need to be reminded of that, not only of who God is, but what he's called us to do. So let's talk again about what is that missio dei, that mission of God. Turn, please, to Matthew 28. You know this as the Great Commission. Matthew 28, beginning not at verse 18, but rather at verse 16. Matthew 28, verses 16 to 20. And what you see here, and I really want you to see here, is that the commission that he gives begins with worship. Look at verse 16. Then the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. He told them to go there, and they did. When they saw him, what did they do? They worshiped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. You have four alls here, right? All authority. All nations. Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded, and I am with you always. Maybe you've heard it said, but uh, what does all mean? all means all and that's all all means what part of that do we not understand all means all and that's all all means so when he says he wants all nations he means all nations all people groups so yes that even means here in our neighborhood some of us we have people we have nations even even here where we live Here in Lancaster County, we are blessed to have many, many people from around the world who have settled here as refugees, immigrants, international students. Kevin King is uh, the director of International Project up in New York City and we've had quite a nice connection with that uh, organization and if you were to go on YouTube and watch the video, uh, The Foreigner Among Us, welcoming The Foreigner Among Us, you'll see a story in there about in Minnesota where there's a large um, population of Somalis and there was a part of the story there's a man sharing his testimony of when he was driving one day and just barely bumped a car in front of him and it was someone from Somalia and a little while later he gets served notice for a lawsuit and he's he had this attitude towards Somali people. And after a while, God got a hold of me and said, this is not the attitude I want you to have for these people. And he said, I moved from crossing the world to avoid a Somali to crossing the, world, the, the road to engage a Somali. And one day he invited a family to his home. And as we were sitting there getting ready to start the meal, the father of the family said, this is a very special day for us. And so the man's thinking, oh, it must be a holiday in Somalia or something. He says, no, we have lived in America for 14 years, and this is the first time we've been invited into an American's home. What would it take for you to go from I can invite someone into my home to doing just that? Yeah, I could do that. Then do it. How about the example of the apostles? The apostles, Acts 1.8. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses, literally in the Greek, martyrs. Where? Jerusalem, where they were. Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. So they went, right? No. They'd stayed there for a while. And this is where, I don't know if some of you remember the old commercial, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. But take Acts 1-8 and flip it around to Acts 8-1. It says, and a great persecution arose. And they were scattered, where? (laughs) From Jerusalem to Judea and Samaria. And it says, as they went, they preached the word wherever they went. The Holy Spirit said, fine, let me help you out. So I'm saying to us, we could do this the easy way (laughs) or the Holy Spirit might wanna help us out. I really believe that the question is not is God calling you or doing something in your heart to be involved in missions. The question is, are you hearing and obeying what it is he wants to do in and through you? We don't know why they stayed. It might have been fear. It might have been something else. We really don't know. Likewise, I don't know what it might be with you. But I will say this. We have to look at our hearts and see what is it that would keep us from obeying God? Or even earlier, what would keep us from hearing God? What are the distractions that might keep us from following through? You see, here, even here at LAFC, we have we are blessed with a tremendous global partner family. And we even now have two more couples getting ready to go to join our global uh, partners, family, and, and I asked each couple this question. How are you continuing to do what God's called you to do? We know that God's called you, but how do you persevere in this calling? And so on the screen you'll see Nathan and Charity, I did not prompt the answers, but let me read to you what they shared. So Nathan and Charity re- shared the following. Moving forward in obedience to God God's call is not just a decision, it is a daily process. It comes with earnestly seeking God to provide our very next step and relying on his strength to follow him one step at a time over and over again. Earnestly seeking him, a process. Likewise, Matt and Grace getting ready to, uh, to go as well. And What did they say? God gave us the option, now or later. From there, we asked our questions and felt his peace. As we started to plan, we felt his purpose. What is your purpose? If it is anything other than bringing glory to God, maybe you need to reevaluate your purpose. What is my purpose? My purpose. My purpose. By this time, you're starting to get a little bit nervous about my challenging every one of you to go to the mission field. problem with that is, who would send you? Who would send all of us? The truth is, if God did that, he would also provide. There you go. Amen? The question really is, how does he want you to be involved with reaching all the peoples around the world? And there are six different ways that you could be involved. Yes, you could go. Please do not easily dismiss that as that's for someone else. I am so glad that they can go because I could never do that. Maybe. But it might be going. It might be praying. Oh, I'm so glad you said praying. I know I can do that. I am relieved. of anything else, all I have to do is pray. One of my concerns with that kind of mentality is that there's, it underestimates the value of prayer. Yes, it is something that everyone in this room can and should do, and if you, don't, if you don't take the monthly prayer guide to pray for our global partners right outside these doors, please grab one of those so that you can pray for each one of them. Pray also for this body of believers that God would continue to call out those who would go. The third one, though, is give. Oh yes, I can do that. Send and mobilize. There are people in your life that you might say, I think they should go. Tell them. Pray for them. Encourage them. Mobilize them. Learn. Read more about Missio Dei, the mission of God. Our library over here has a great selection of books. Pick up one missionary biography and read about what God has done in someone's life in the past and start to learn more about missions. And then yes, welcoming the foreigner among us, whether it be refugees or others. So let me ask you a few questions. As you look at that list of going, uh, praying, giving, sending, learning and welcoming, which of these do you think is the most important? Trick question. All of them are important. I think we sometimes mistakenly overvalue one above the other. They're all important, they work together for people to go around the world or across the street. So the real question would be, which of these would, you be, would be most difficult for you? Or which of these can you do? Which of these can you get more involved in? going, praying, giving, sending, learning, or welcoming. 1 Thessalonians 5.24 says, faithful is he who called you and he will do it. As God calls, he also enables, he also empowers. God will never call you to do something that he doesn't make it possible for you to do in his strength, not in your own, but in his strength. There is joy in the journey of watching God empower you to do something that he's called you to do. I have often referred to this as God's will is God's bill. I've had students who say, Dr. Ed, I don't know how I'm going to pay for this trip. I don't know how I'm going to go on this short-term mission trip. Why are you concerned about this? If God's called you to do this, he's gonna provide in a way. Now, you may not be comfortable with asking people to join you in your journey to serve him. Well, we can talk about that. But this is not about you, this is about God. And you need to sit back and watch him provide. And then share with others what he is doing so that they too can be encouraged by how God works in your life. For me, I shared how initially numbers was a big part of God's call to me to go to China. It was a few years later after um, paying off school debt. Uh, I was in Bible school at the time in Tennessee. That was my first cross-cultural experience. (laughs) Apologies to Tennessee. (laughs) But I took a trip to China. It was a a 18 day, nine city trip to spy out the land if you will. And I remember one afternoon going, it was up in the far north city and with some friends of ours who were serving there and they said just go into the classroom for a couple hours. They're all there, that's where they do their studying in the afternoon and have an English corner where they can practice their English with you. And I went there and I said look you can ask me whatever question you want. And if it's too personal, I'll say it's too personal, but go ahead. For two hours, I sat there and answered questions. And almost always in a situation like that, I would get the question, well, you say you believe in science, but you also believe in God. How can you believe in both? Well, let me tell you about the God who created all things. Let me tell you about the creator God from the book of Genesis. Chapters one, chapters in the beginning, God. And so I get to tell them about the God that I believe in. Two hours later, walking out of there. Have you ever seen an athlete, like, um, after the, especially maybe a quarterback who throws a touchdown pass and they make the baseball swing sign like, celebrate. That's what I felt when I walked out of that classroom. God took that call from my head <laughs> and brought it down into my heart. But I still had to finish Bible school. I had to finish my grad school in teaching English as a second language, and raise our support and all those things. And I'm thinking, wow, God, you really sustained me through all this. And here we are, Carol and I and our, at that time, 13-month-old daughter going to China. Part of me is like, what were you thinking? I think sometimes we think too much when we listen to God and follow through with him. At our commissioning service, Ted Fletcher, the founder of Pioneers, came and shared the story of the law of small potatoes. What do you need to plant potatoes? Potatoes. Potatoes. You need potatoes to plant potatoes. But in ancient China, he told the story of uh, when they would plant the large potatoes, and they would harvest potatoes, and then they would eat the large potatoes, and plant the small potatoes, so that eventually you went from having large potatoes to having only marble-sized potatoes. Potatoes. His point was, in order to get big potatoes, you have to plant big potatoes. You have to be willing to sacrifice in order to see a harvest. LEFC has been blessed to send and continue to send big potatoes. But I would also drop it down into your personal life. When God calls you, do you just give him the small potatoes? or are you willing to go full in with God? You have called me to do this, God, and I know that your word says that you will empower me to do what you've called me to do. I will obey you and I will do so fully, trusting you. So the final question is just this, exactly what we've been talking about already. In what ways can you serve God? And what will it take For you to move from what I can do to doing what I can. We tend to get what we can, can what we get, and sit on our can. What's it going to take to get off of our can and get to our do? Let's pray. Father, thank you that you've given us what we need to do what you've called us to do. Help us individually and as a church continue to listen, to earnestly seek you and to joyfully and fully obey you so that all the peoples around the world would know of you, would worship you, bring glory to your name. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Amen. Would you stand with us? We're gonna respond by singing in surrender to our God. i to...
1: Galatians 3, 7 and 9 says, Understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Who are you chasing? Are you a child of the living God? If you have not yet put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ who died on the cross for you, would you do that today? Would you be willing to say, I know that I've sinned and I'm thankful for a savior? And if you wanna know more about that or if you want to consider responding by one of those six ways, going, praying, giving, learning, sending, whatever it might be. There are people in the encounter room back here To my left, your right, I'll be down here up front. We'd love to sit and talk and pray with you. And yes, I'll see you at the congregational meeting tonight. God bless. You're dismissed.